I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. I'm excited to be partnering with Elevit and Menevit again this week to bring you this episode. Menevit can help you improve your chances of conception as it is formulated to support sperm health and male fertility. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to give you our next three tips with Elevit. So if you've been following on the last few podcast episodes, you would have heard the tips with Elevit incorporated in those. This week's three tips include sperm health. When preparing for pregnancy, remember that it's not just women who account for a couple's fertility. It's important for men to ensure they are in good health too. In fact, research shows that male fertility starts to decline from 40, where sperm quality decreases. Menevit supports sperm health and production to help improve your chances of conception. Tip number two is planning. When you're planning to start a family, it's helpful to get to know your reproductive cycle. Recording your menstrual cycle helps to determine when you're most fertile and helps increase your chance of conceiving. And the third tip with Elevit is talk to family and friends. If you feel comfortable doing so, it's a good idea to talk to close family and friends about wanting to start a family. This may help you and your partner better understand what's involved and the things you need to do to prepare. It can provide both of you with an important support network too. Thank you Elevit for those tips this week and I will give you a little bit of information about today's episode before we jump in. Today I speak with Dave about the birth and pregnancy journey with his son Theo and his wife Ashley. Dave is an awesome dad and he takes us through what his journey has been like, what his expectations were of pregnancy and birth versus what actually happened and also that newborn period where you sort of never know what to expect. So Dave does a really great job of explaining what their circumstances were like and how things were for them and I'm sure that you will get a lot out of this episode. So thank you again Dave for joining me and let's jump into the episode. Hi Dave, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Awesome, no worries, great to be here. Cool, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah, cool. So um, my name's David Hutchins and I'm from Wellington. I'm currently living in Auckland. Um, I work uh, in advertising. My wife's name is Ashley and she's from Omro. And we have a six-month-old boy called Theo, who um, we yeah, obviously live together in um, in Auckland. So from Wellington and Omaru and now in Auckland. So we haven't got much family up here, but um, doing well. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what age were you when you became a dad? Um, I was. It was just a couple of days after my birthday, just after my 31st birthday um, last oh. year. Yeah. 
Awesome. And were you guys trying for your pregnancy? Do you want to talk us through sort of making that decision if you were? Yeah, yeah, cool. So we've actually, um, Ash and myself, been together for about uh, probably 10 years. We met at university and we ended up getting married um, probably much to her disgust 10 years after we first met. <laughs> so um, we got married in 2018 and we kind of, I think we both, um, we'd never really decided exactly when we wanted to have a baby, but I think um, we both kind of um, were on the same page in terms of yeah. um, that was sort of the, ne- ne- the next natural step. Um, so about, I guess, a year after we got married um, and I guess sort of had that sort of honeymoon period, um, we decided um, that we'd start trying. We probably tried for about, would have been about three or four months um, initially and uh, Ash was pretty clued up and had, um, sort of the, I can't remember the name of the app, but the app that sort of told her when she was ovulating and yeah. and all, all that sort of thing and it like got quite regimented and it was quite a big unknown <laughs> because we weren't, you know, we didn't fall pregnant straight away and we were sort of wondering yeah. you know, what's going on and, and that sort of thing. So we didn't like exactly stop trying, but we kind of just decided to, we just made a decision to sort of say like, let's just relax and forget about it for a bit. And then I guess, yeah, sure enough, that was kind of when we ended up falling pregnant. Yeah. Always seems to be the way when you're sort of not trying, <laughs> not thinking about it, it'll happen. Yeah, we didn't, it wasn't really like, we didn't really think, um, let's stop thinking about it because then it'll make it happen. It was more just like, let's just stop putting so much pressure on ourselves because it was getting, yeah. Um, I don't know, we were just, I think we were both just worrying about it a little bit because, you know, we hadn't got to the point where we were going to go and, you know, see if there's anything further going on. But we, it was a, yeah, as I guess you know as well, it's that sort of unknown um, just kind of plays on your mind a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how did you guys end up finding out that Ash was pregnant? We were, we had, it was the sort of end of January, start of February, and um, uh, Ash, we were going down to a, uh, one of Ash's best friend's weddings in um, Omaru, and one of her best school friends, and um, Ash was down there before me, um, and I was coming down a few days later because I was working, um, and she messaged me and said, um, you better bring a um, pregnancy test down, like I think I might, might be mm-hmm. pregnant. I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I brought it down, and she... I got down there quite late at night um, and we were going to do the pregnancy test at some point the next day. And before I could even wake up the next morning, Ash had got, got up at like five or six <laughs> in the morning and gone and done the test and woke me up at like six in the morning. She's like, guess what? And I was like, you know, obviously, you know, what? <laughs> She's like, we're pregnant. And I was just like, oh, geez. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty cool as well. I mean, obviously you don't want to go and sp- spreading the news too far and wide yeah, initially, yeah. but it was quite quite cool having her parents there so she was able to tell her mum and dad um, which was nice and then we had to some sort of somehow manage getting through her best friend one of her best friend's weddings um, <laughs> without her without her drinking which was um, yeah. which was good fun but yeah that no, was awesome yeah cool and did you know much sort of about what to expect from the next nine months of pregnancy and if you did was it different or sort of how was Ash's pregnancy experience I don't I think I was like for me personally, I was quite because we had. Um, I mean, I said before that we didn't have um, any any family in Auckland, but that was kind of not the whole truth. We did have um, Ash's sister and obviously and my brother-in-law in um, yeah. Auckland. So that that's kind of our been was our sort of close family up here, and they just had um, they had just had a baby when we um, fell pregnant. So oh, cool. From so like from the uh, I guess perspective of like first of being prepared to have a child in your home, we'd kind of 
um, grown to love um, Kaya, our little niece, quite a lot. And, you know, so we were yeah. kind of ready from that perspective. But the whole pregnancy journey, I was very unprepared for, I think. And I think I think Ash was, yeah. Ash was a lot more prepared than me. Yeah, I kind of probably, in hindsight, kind of didn't just leave her to it, but I was quite focused on just the baby coming, if you know what I mean. I was That was sort yeah. of my time to, to get stuck in. So I was, you know, everything before then, um, we kind of, Ash would sort of, We'd, we'd, we'd read stuff and, um, like sort of, I guess, uh, skill ourselves up on what was going to happen. But, um, I probably wasn't as connected to the, the pregnancy journey as I, I should have or could yeah, have been. Fair enough. I think that's probably, um, a lot of men's or dad's experiences. And, um, one of the main questions that I get sort of when I ask listeners what they want to hear from these episodes is, wondering about if you felt a bond with your baby or your partner's pregnancy sort of while the baby was growing rather than when the baby was here. So what do you think your experience with that was like? Did you feel a bond sort of with the baby and pregnancy initially or did it take a while? Um, no, I don't think I did. I think I felt definitely not initially. Well, say that again. Um, I don't think I did feel a bond throughout the pregnancy with the baby just because um, I don't know, it was growing inside Ash and I was appreciative yeah. of, of what Ash was going through, but she probably, I mean, she's got quite, she's quite a you know, tough character and she's always smiling and nothing seems to be too much trouble for her. So I probably wasn't, um, as appreciative of what she was going through. So, sure. um, I think she was sort of obviously bonding, um, with the baby in that time. But for me, um, I felt like maybe a little bit disconnected from from yeah. it, and that was, I guess, no one's fault. But I think it's just yeah, yeah. Um, nature of being um, the the male partner in, in that in that position. But yeah, it's also just I guess quite hard knowing um, as a father what to expect, and I guess all the other changes that are going on in your life as well, um, and trying to I guess get get all the socialising you can done, and trying to balance <laughs> yeah. work and and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, maybe I probably wasn't connected, as connected as I could have been. Yeah, fair enough. And did you guys go to antenatal classes or any type of birth education um, before Ash went into labour? Um, yeah, we did. We went to um, – so we were always – well, in an ideal world, we were always planning to birth at um, birth care in um, Auckland. So yeah. um, we did a antenatal class at um, – at birth care, which was um, really good. Well, I guess it was really good from the perspective of um, it kind of, it told it, it for me, I wanted to know just what was going to happen in terms of yeah. um, like what, what to, like what to actually expect, like when were the waters going to break and what yeah. was, what, what were the signs I should be looking for to know everything was okay. Um, how was the baby going to come out? How long it was going to take? So that was really good from that perspective. Like it, it kind of made me feel a bit more comfortable um, knowing what was going to happen. Um, but yeah. yeah, I guess from everything after, like, I mean, they, they talked to us about like clothing a baby and how to sleep them and all that. I couldn't tell you any, I couldn't recall any of that kind of stuff. I kind of stopped as soon as they told <laughs> yeah. us how the baby was coming. I was like, okay, that's it. That's all I need to know for now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was good from the perspective of kind of just like putting your mind at ease a little bit in terms of what to expect. Cool. Awesome. And do you want to take us through Ash going into labor and sort of how you felt during that time and, and anything you were able to do to support her initially? 
we were I think we were due on the twelfth of October, um, and about a week it was I think it was exactly a week before that. Um, we woke up um, on a Friday morning, and Ash was like, oh, "I think my um, my waters are broken." And I was like, "Oh shit, cool!" So we were um, obviously pretty excited, but didn't know exactly how long it was going to take um, for her to go into labour um, before uh, after that. Sorry, and so yep. Ash was like, "Oh, you just go to work, and um, at least I'm because I just work down the road, so you just go to work for the morning, and then I'll sort of stay in touch and let you know if anything changes." Um, so I went to work and was obviously pretty distracted. It was probably a complete waste of time being at work when your wife's in labour. And yeah, so she rang me at about, I think, 11.30 or 12. And she was like, okay, um, I'm definitely in labour. <laughs> it's getting quite intense. So I think it's about time you come home. So I rushed home and um, she had got the curtains drawn. It was, yeah, it was quite nice. It was like a really sunny, hot day, actually. And she was had all the curtains drawn and music on and all that sort of thing and um we had talked earlier that week she'd kind of worked together we'd kind of written a list of um things i could do to kind of support her so i wasn't kind of just running around like a headless chicken um <laughs> yeah so i kind of had that um on the table in terms of just like stuff i could do without getting in the way so i was kind of pack the car and um you know asking if she wanted anything to eat or drink or wanted to have a shower and all that sort of thing so it was it kind of I guess one thing that really surprised me was how, and it's probably not the same for everyone, but for her, things got really intense really quickly um, in terms yeah. of like her contractions. So, um, yeah, as I said, I got probably got home about 12 o'clock. Um, and, you know, we from what we'd read and understood from other people, you know, that could go on for hours and hours. But by 2 or 3 o'clock, um, Ash was like, can you just ring the, like, ring the midwife, ring the midwife? And I was like, are you sure? Like, doesn't feel like these contractions are, are, are close enough together. So I, I rang up with midwife Carly, who was really cool. And, and Carly was like, okay, so how, you know, she, the contractions really strong. And then she could hear Ash screaming in the background. And she was like, okay, yep, sounds like they're pretty strong. Maybe she should get into birth care. So we, um, so we jumped in the car. Um, and we we're about oh, 15 minutes away from, um, birth care. So we hopped in the car and, just about had my arm pulled off me on the way there, but um, we yeah. eventually got there and um, went up, up into the birthing suite. Everyone was, yeah, it was quite, it was really cool. Like everyone's super calm and really excited for you. And I think that probably put Ash's mind at ease as well, that everyone was so calm and because we obviously didn't know what to expect. So yeah. we were a little bit, bit anxious and a bit nervous, but um, yeah, everyone there was awesome and um, just like a really cool environment to go into. And, and yeah, so we kind of, Got in there and um, contractions were kind of pretty pretty solid at that point. I think we probably got in there at about three into into the birthing suite at birth care, um, and then it was probably another hour or two, maybe maybe two hours um, before she was um, fully dilated, um, and then yeah, for the last I think she ended up pushing for about an hour and a half, which is or two yeah. hours maybe, which was I guess. Um, about as long as you'd want to be doing that for, because it yeah. was definitely, definitely pretty, pretty draining for her, um, and pretty eye-opening experience for me, um, yeah. what she was going through. Um, but yeah, then we, uh, eventually our, our little boy popped out, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, awesome. And what was that sort of like for you? That pushing phase. Did you feel like there was any way you were able to help Ash get through that? And obviously, yeah, like you said, pretty eye-opening, and maybe not what you expected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I was kind of just 
took the position of like, I can just do what I can do at this point. So I was just yeah. sort of attentive as I could and gave her sort of sips of water between between pushing and and kept yeah. the music on. And I had a we had a little bit of a blowout with the we had a bit of a hot tip for for <laughs> you know for new parents is that um our our Spotify playlist was probably only about uh an hour or forty five minutes long. So we uh, we <laughs> yeah. We heard we heard John we heard we heard this one John Mayer song about five times, which I think yeah. kind of matches nerves a little a little bit. So, so I was I was kind of on music and water and just yeah having my yeah. hand there or arm or whatever she wanted to squeeze as she was pushing. Um, but yeah, it's really amazing. Like the not necessarily the pain, but the effort that um, goes into to getting the, yeah. the little baby out. Yeah, for sure. And what sort of happened once he was born? Was he popped up on Ash's chest and? Did he latch on for breastfeeding and everything like that? Um, yeah, he popped out. I, I, I helped kind of catch him. So the midwife yeah. asked if I wanted to, to help pull him out, which I did. So I kind of quite tentatively got in there and um, <laughs> sort of half half held him on the way out, which was cool. Um, he looked like a little alien at the time and <laughs> yeah. um, covered in all this goo and put him on top of, um, onto Ash's chest straight away, and we both just looked at each other and was like, "Oh shit, we're yeah. we're into the into this now." Um, and yeah, I think he was he was pretty good initially. Um, they eventually cut the cord, and I think yeah, that that whole period of um, him actually being born to um, sitting down in the the birthing suite, which was probably it's probably like an hour and a half later, but it goes so quickly. Like in yeah. hindsight now. It would have been quite a long time, but it felt so quick. Um, but yeah, it's sort of, we were just, I think we we're both just pretty amazed really about what, what had just happened. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And did you sort of feel like an immediate bond once he was born? Were you like, yep, yeah, this is, you know, I did, maybe didn't feel as connected in pregnancy, but like, this is, this is my son and I, yeah, I feel a bond. Yeah, I think it was, it was quite overwhelming actually. Like, I think I didn't. Yeah. I didn't probably really expect. I, I was not. I was never nervous or anxious about it. But I think um, you just don't. It's you're just kind of waiting for him to be born before you kind of sort of start to to, to form that bond. And I, yeah. like it's not a decision you make. It sort of just subconsciously happens. But as soon as he was born, I was like, oh god, this is yeah, this is our boy. This is my son. This yeah. is pretty amazing. So um, yeah, straight away become kind of like protective of him and he all of yeah. a sudden just becomes your number one priority um yeah. just within a split second you know all of a sudden he's the only well him and your your partner obviously those are the only ones that matter yeah for sure and how did you sort of feel once you guys left birth care and you went home do you want to take us through what that experience was like and how your life sort of drastically changed in an instant yeah. Um, so we, I think we spent uh, about three days and three nights in, um, birth care, which is probably, um, which is pretty perfect, really. Um, and he'd been, Theo had been feeding okay at birth care with the help of, um, the staff there who were really cool. Um, but we got home and as I said, because we didn't really have any family here, it was kind of just us. So, it was a little it felt like a little bit isolating. It was kind of like okay, bit of a bit of a shock. Now we're home and it's sort of just it's just us three now. So time to kind of get stuck into it. And he, it was it was a little bit challenging. He had like a few um, issues feeding and latching and and putting on weight. Like he dropped quite a lot of weight when he was born, and then he really struggled to put it back on. I think a because yeah. 
he wasn't latching properly and B because when he was latching he just wasn't really drinking. So we ended up straight away being told that um we had to top him up um with either breast milk or or formula. So we were basically um feeding him well Ash was feeding him for half an hour every two hours. Then she was pumping for fifteen minutes or twenty minutes and then I was giving him a bottle after that as well. So yeah. That was taking basically like an hour and a quarter and then you get 45 minutes sort of break and then we're back into it again. And he still wasn't, um, and he still refused <laughs> to put on weight. So I think, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty tough first few weeks, especially, yeah. um, by the midwife would come and you get really caught up on, um, like having, getting his weight done and he's still like some days he'd lost weight and we're just like, oh God, yeah. so we're on the phone, we're on the phone to, um, to starship and wondering, you know, talking to doctors and pediatricians or whatever and finding out what we should be doing. Um, so we never ended up having to go in. Um, I think it was actually probably just because it was the weekend. Um, but, um, yeah, eventually he slowly started putting on tiny bits of weight. And yeah, we kind of, it was, it was, that was definitely a lot tougher than both of us ever thought it was going to be, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how do you sort of think that impacted you guys as a couple? Do you think you've had time to reflect on that now? We never really, uh, I think because it was, there was, there was, there was probably the benefit in not having, not a benefit in not having family around, but the, one of the sort of the things that came out of it was that we became a lot closer because it was sort of just us. Like, I yeah. mean, our parents did come up a couple of, um, after a couple of weeks. Um, but in those first few weeks, um, we kind of just had each other to rely on. And so we, I think yeah. we kind of, um, it would have been kind of crazy to turn on each other, even though that could have quite easily happened. Um, yeah. But we kind of just motivated each other. Like if I was down, Ash would push me to keep going. And then when she was getting over it, I'd just, you know, try and pick her up and, and you know, wake her up while she was falling asleep feeding the baby or whatever it was. But <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, we just try try just to keep going because we we yeah. I think as soon as you slow, you start to see like slow, even if there's small little um, wins like tiny little weight gains, or if one of his feeds was slightly better than the last one, like that's sort of enough to sort of keep you going. Um, so yeah. we were kind of just looking for those little wins where we could. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is very tough those first few weeks. Yeah, for sure. And if there's sort of some advice or something that you wish someone had told you about that time of having a newborn, is there anything that comes to mind? I think that just that your journey will be different to everyone else's. Um, yeah. And like, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people say like, don't listen to anyone else, you know, because that's, not, that's, you know, they'll, you know, they'll just tell you to relax or whatever, or it'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. But I think like there is value in talking to other people, but yeah. Um, your experience, just like, just know that your experience will be different and, you know, you can kind of use other people's, um, experiences to help you kind of put the puzzle together. Cause it's kind of what it is. Um, you yeah. know, like figuring out for us, like figuring out why he's not putting on weight or figuring out why we can't get him to sleep after an hour. Like it's kind of just like figuring out a little puzzle every day. So I think there definitely is value in, um, and talking to other people and hearing other people's experiences, but also, um, just knowing that at the end of the day, your journey will be, everyone's journey will be different. Like no one's just going to be the same. Yeah. I think that's something that no one really, I just never really understood from talking to anyone. Like you kind of just hear everyone's experience from their perspective. You don't really, you know, hear that sort of overall sort of message that, yeah. you know, your, your, your experience won't be right or wrong. It'll just be different. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And do you want to take us through sort of personally how you feel you've made the adjustment from, um, I guess, being able to be a selfish person in a way and, you know, do what you like, go out with your friends or go out for dinner with your partner, things like that, sort of through to now having this newborn or, you know, young baby to look after and your life just completely changes. How have you yeah, managed to adjust to that? Yeah, it's, it's a kind of a, a weird one. You don't really – you don't really know it's happening when it's happening. So I think um, uh, like when Ash was pregnant, I was probably a little bit all over the place, like trying to kind of hang on to my sort of our old life and socialize. And <laughs> yeah. I do a lot like, like um, fishing and I do a lot of rugby coaching and that sort of thing. So I was like trying to hang on to all that and do all that stuff, you know, a hundred percent, but also um, trying to, to give a hundred percent to Ash as well. And it was like, I think looking back now, the sooner you kind of, come to that sort of realization and start making that adjustment, um, the better for you really, because you can't do everything and you can't, um, yeah. you can't give a hundred percent to everything. So you kind of just have to start reprioritizing. Um, and it's not like you have to give up. You don't have to give up on, um, you know, connecting with your friends or, or, yeah, for sure. or, or you just have to make some sacrifices here and there. And it's just like finding other ways to connect with people and, you know, and just sort of allowing yourself to sort of reprioritize and, you know, just, you know, manage other people's expectations of you. If there's, you know, if there's stuff that people are allowing you for outside of um, your relationship, um, just kind yeah. of managing those people and, and kind of making it clear that, you know, what your, what your priority is now. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And um, probably last question from me, what do you think uh, your favorite thing about being a dad is now? So obviously it's probably changed from, when your son was first born through to yeah, sort of how he is now. So I'd love to hear what your favorite things about being a dad are. Yeah. Um, I think like probably like a really small thing, which is my favorite thing is getting like when he, when I hear him wake up from a nap or when you hear him wake up in the morning, I love going in there and, um, <laughs> well, 90% of the time, 90% of the time you go in there and he looks up at you and smiles, which is really yeah. cool. Um, so like you kind of forget about the torture he's put you through the night before or getting to sleep <laughs> and he's just looking at you smiling and just wants to get out and give you sort of a cuddle, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just like a really like small thing, but I think also the, just like what the way that he sort of changes every day is, is really cool as well. And um, I think at the start you don't really appreciate that, but you kind of, like they change every, they literally change every day and you don't realize that, um, I think for a few months, but just to, you just kind of need to enjoy that and just watch them. Like he's like, they're starting to try and crawl at the moment. So like, you know, we kind of, you cut one part of you just wants to fast forward and be like, come on, mate, just start crawling. But kind of watching him trying to crawl and pushing his face along the ground and getting frustrated. It's like pretty um, amazing journey to kind of watch. So I think that's definitely yeah. one of my, yeah. my favorite things. I think what, 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 from the friends I've talked to um, who are about to go through uh, being a dad is like you just can't, you just, you, there's no room. To, I mean, obviously everyone's going to be a little bit nervous and apprehensive about the whole thing, but I think if you just sort of, you just got to kind of back yourself and kind of like, you know, back yourself that your sort of instincts will get you through and, and some, to some degree, yeah. you know, obviously there's some things that you, that have to be done a certain way, but like, if you kind of just follow your instincts and just, you know, be selfless and make your um, baby and your partner or wife or whatever it is, like your sort of number one priority, I don't think you can go too wrong. Yeah, I think like, yeah, you'll be surprised that, you know, the sort of 
whatever you want to call it, I think it gives it just your sort of instincts or paternal instincts will just kind of kick in and, and kind of get you through it. Um, and if you can kind of just keep reminding yourself of, of that, that you're, you know, you're doing the right thing or you're doing the best you can, I think you'll be in a lot better space. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey with us. I think you've done such a great job and I know that my partner and other guys out there will really enjoy listening to you chat about what your parenting journey has been like. So thank you very much. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales Dad series and another massive thank you to Elevit and Menevit for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. It wouldn't have been possible without you, so thanks. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.